In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Gaiman. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togedan.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Well, hello, everybody. It's Lisa Cypress-Kamen here, and I am here to talk with you about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. You know, authentic happiness is not a selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic pursuit. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. So today, we are going to talk with one of the people who I think is actually not only good for me in my life to, to be aware of and, and spread his magic around, but good to introduce to everybody out there on TogiNet. I am here with Patrick Combs, who is absolutely on fire. He's an authentic, soulful entrepreneur with a love of performing, speaking, and helping. Patrick, uh, are you there with us today? Good morning, Lisa. I'm absolutely here. All right. on, as they say. With bells on. Patrick, you know, I don't think there's anybody better to, to talk about what you do and how you light up those that you come in contact with than you. So could you talk to us a little bit about your sharing of success and how, how you teach people to help make their dreams take off? Sure, absolutely. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for having me on. It's really a thrill. You know, for the last almost two decades, which I can barely believe because it has been fast and meaningful and fun and significant, I have both taken the stage and taken to the page um, to, to remind people that one of the ways to authentic happiness is to live into who you were born to be. So that you have the opportunity and the, the glorious opportunity it is to do what you came here to do. And it's really just finding where you fit in the world. And I've found in my own life, I've found various degrees of where I fit. And the closer it is that I find that I fit, the more blissful and glorious it absolutely is as an experience. And, and so I, I'm making maps, if you will, through writing and through speaking and through coaching. I'm making maps simply as, as an as a 
ordinary human being with an extraordinary desire to meet with bliss and where I fit in a life of significance and happiness. And I'm making maps and just sharing those maps with people as best I can so that we all clearly understand together the territory and the journey that takes us to that place. Well, I, I love how you phrase this because I also talk about this in 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 my practice, uh, and I call it finding passion, purpose, place, and meaning in life. Oh, and love it. Yeah, and this is this is what you're speaking of as well. And you've written something uh, about your your soulful passions and daring to create destiny based on possibility, not on probability. One of the most important concepts to me lately. And I started a new company called Might to serve people into their into playing bigger on, on who they were born to be and what they were born to do. And in Might, one of the most important concepts is that it's acknowledging that a lot of times, as a matter of fact, I'm writing, I'm doing a whole lot of writing on this for the last 48 hours, so I'll go into it. In the most interesting body of research I've seen in a long time, Lisa, I'm sitting on my hands to talk about it honestly is, you know, I'm really thirsting and questing for what makes the difference. Why? You know, why, why does it seem like there's a handful of people that just keep finding their way, even though nobody ever becomes immune from anxiety, nobody becomes immune from challenges, nobody becomes immune from fear, nobody becomes immune from insecurity, nobody becomes immune from those things. And yet, how come some people are still winning the day on a real consistent basis and finding their way to their joyful opportunities? Well, one of the major things to emerge that I'm tracking in research now is the fact that as human beings, we have an aversion and a resistance to making our dreams come true. And I just, in my 18 years, have not heard this talked about. And perhaps it's overlooked because this loss aversion, as it's called, and risk aversion and uncertainty version has been documented. It's actually won a Nobel Prize for the research to clearly prove that as human beings we're hardwired to just protect against losses rather than go for the gain. But, you know, anybody, anybody listening can put those two together and go, well, going for your dream is going for the gain. So what that means, and the reason why I brought it up is, when we talk about, when I talk about living your life based on possibilities rather than probabilities, probability calculation is when you're, real, when you're sitting at your desk and you're unconsciously calculating how to not lose, how to play it safe, how to play the odds, so that, you're, so that you survive, and it doesn't get you where you want to go. So what we're retraining people to do in might is to always have a list with you, to live with the list, to let it be a breathing, living entity in your life of your irresistible possibilities, of your greatest opportunities. Now, my list is about 20 long, and when I look at it, it's almost erotic, honestly, because with a little care and doing, that's how many joyful, attractive, magnetic opportunities are orbiting anybody's existence at any point in time. But the darndest thing, Lisa, to me, is that our brains and our beings, from a psychological perspective, are hardwired to sort of forget about those things and push them aside 
because we're resistant to that. And, you know, there's a part of our brain that would rather play it safe. So in, in might and in my work, I'm all about surfacing the information and then providing tools that, in my experience and other people's experience, help you overcome our, you know, tools that are, if you will, undefeated against our own internal human uh, resistance. Does that make sense? It, it makes very good sense. And I wanted to read something that, that you've written that I did share last week as a primer to you being on with me today. But I'd like to read it again because it's, it's lovely. And I think it really encapsulates what you're communicating here. Um, it's first off, might is the only word in the English dictionary that means both power and possibility. We are creatives, artists, dreamers, misfits, and mavericks. You shall know us by our gifts, and you shall know us by our velocity. We're a fast-growing collective of people brazen enough to think that we have a mighty impact on the people and the world, and ridiculous enough to try. We try <laughs> because we might. We are here to live with all our might. We are here to give with all our might. We are here to be true to our muses, to our dreams, to ourselves. We are here to be who we were born to be and do what we were born to do. We navigate our lives by possibility, not probability. We steer towards our guiding star by source, not force. We are playing to unleash, not acquire. And we are on this ride not to go anywhere, really, but rather to come alive. What's your might? Yeah, what's your might? And that's Might Club. That's the manifesto of Might Club, mightclub.org, if you will. And truly, Might, you know, although I'm a co-founder of Might, the first principle that Might was founded on is it's a community because it's not about a single individual. This is not the Tony Robbins organization, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is about a community of individuals who just happen to believe in that philosophy and line up with that, that there are that there are epic things to do with our lives, even though we're ordinary people, if you will. But, I mean, is there any, is there any, is there really, is there any such thing, anybody else, they just, we're all ordinary, but we do extraordinary things. And may I tell a story that is so might, if you will? Yes, of course. <laughs> do we remember, we remember Susan Boyle, do we not? The Scottish singer who came to international enormous attention when she appeared as a contestant on the, on the TV program Britain's Got Talent. Do you remember her, Susan? I, I do, very much so. In fact, I was talking about her last night. We, we referred to somebody in a dinner conversation as, oh, she was so Susan Boyle, you know, the little train that could. You know, you never, yeah. you never thought that, that this person had the power, and then they open their mouth or they open their eyes or their hearts, and there it is. So, yes, please go on with your story. So, Susan, so Susan... She, 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 she really swept away our hearts when she opened her mouth and sang, I dreamed a dream, and it exploded into 100 million views. And, and it's a fact now that she's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest-selling debut of any female singer in Europe. Well, she, she really goes straight to my heart because I related to her so much. And maybe what... Well, what you haven't heard exactly about Susan Boyle is that she was very resistant to signing up for that show because she was afraid of rejection and she figured she didn't have the looks 
and she thought she'd be wasting her time. She was born in a very small town in Scotland to two immigrant parents from Ireland. She was the youngest of four brothers and six sisters. And at birth, she was briefly deprived of oxygen, you know, with the cord wrapped around her neck. Mm-hmm. So she was later diagnosed as having a real learning difficulty and constantly bullied in school, nicknamed Susie Simple. Never had a significant job in her life. As an adult, she was still living in her family home with her 10-year-old cat. Pa- Patrick, we're going to have to go to a break, but when we come back, I would like to continue this story about Susan Boyle and how her story is an inf- in- inspiration for all of us to, to live mightily. So when we come back, I'm with Patrick Holmes, and we're going to continue. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Part of the Grateful Good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Patrick Combs, and we were talking about a new venture that he has started called the Might Club. And before the break, we were speaking about Susan Boyle and the concept of Susan Boyle, who was so risk-averse and didn't want to sign up for uh, the, the music show in Britain. 
And she did, and she won, and she opened her mouth and opened her heart, and out came the voice of a goddess and a siren. So, Patrick, welcome back, and please continue with the story. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and, we're, and this story, because Susan Boyle, it, you know, her story represents what, we're, what might means within our, within our company and our community. She is so might, and all of us are. And that's what I want you to listen for in this story. All of us are so might. But there are key things that must be in place for it to show up and for it to spring onto the international scene. So Susan Boyle, as you're saying, you know, here's, she, she was really a very, a very simple woman, living in her family home still, never married, and beautiful in her heart, having dedicated herself to care for her aging mother until her mother died in 2007, mark the date. Ten years before that, Susan Boyle had used all of her savings to pay for a professionally cut demo tape, you know, copies that she sent to record companies and radio talent competitions and local and national TV, all of which came to nothing. I'm, what I'm asking is, can anybody on this phone relate to this ordinary woman who had a little dream, who even took efforts on the dream, didn't work out the first time? So... You know, in, 19, in 2009, she's singing around town in karaoke in church. Or, excuse me, actually in 2007, her mother dies. She stops singing. Between 2007, when she went on that show, she never sang publicly because she was mourning the death of her mother. But the only place she does sing is karaoke in church. And, and then a friend says, you should apply for Britain's Got Talent. She had previously abandoned an audition for a show called The X Factor because she felt so insecure about her looks. She didn't want to do Britain's Got Talent because she felt she was too old. But a friend persuaded her, audition, audition, audition. And she really almost said no. But she was motivated. She had a dream to seek a musical career. She thought it could especially pay tribute to her mother, who had passed away two years before. So she auditioned for Britain's Got Talent. We know the rest of the story. Perhaps you've heard that when, they first, when she first auditioned on the show, they asked her, well, so what are you here for? What's your, you know, if you could have anything, what could it be? And she said, oh, she aspired to become a professional singer as successful as Elaine Page, which seemed preposterous to everybody that heard it. Can any of us relate do, you know, sometimes our own dreams seem preposterous coming out of our mouth or even hearing them inside ourselves. But today the rest is history, including the fact that Elaine Page is now begging Susan Boyle to do a duet. But I love Susan Boyle's story because it awakens in us our, our large destiny, our true sense of self. I mean, who among us doesn't move through life with this hidden sense, maybe even quiet desperation, that we're destined for more? that underneath our ordinary exterior lies an extraordinary talent, that given the right opportunity, the right stage, the right audience, we could shine. And I love this story because it's my authentic, deep truth and experience that we're all a Susan Boyle. I'm a Susan Boyle. I've had my Susan Boyle moment. You're a Susan Boyle. Perhaps oh, you've yes. had your Susan Boyle moment, and there's another one for you. And if you haven't had it yet, it's there. But might means that you have to seize it, that you have to condition yourself past that hardwiring that makes you want to just play it safe. You have to have the systems and support 
and tools in place so that when your talent show comes up, you say yes. <laughs> and win the day, right? You'd and win suck. the day and, and win, win your own heart. And yeah. win your own heart. If not the hearts of others, it's most important to win your own heart. Well, I think that that, and that plays so beautifully into this concept of happiness. And I always love to talk about happiness on this show in the sense of happiness being an airy-fairy word. Because we use the word. We, it's a very simple word. And it's like, you know, what is happiness? But really underneath the moniker of happiness is contentment, fulfillment, flourishing, bliss, joy, authenticity. That's, that's the meat of what we're really talking about. And it brings, you know, in coming to the show, I thought about that, and I thought, oh, you know, for happiness for me, what would I talk? And every time I think about that word happiness, you know, the things that come to mind are my children and my family, the times in my life when I've dedicated myself to taking responsibility for my own happiness, and one moment on the street in San Francisco. And it really ties right back to my Susan boil moment rather than tell us the story i'll just tell you the simple thing i almost i had a my biggest dream i've ever played out was in theater i felt i wanted to do a one-person show that that would make me happy a one-person comedy show the impossible dream <laughs> uh for a guy that wasn't funny and didn't know anything about theater world and yet and yet this opportunity came up after after uh, at some point in time, it was to send an application in to the San Francisco Fringe Festival for theater performers. And Lisa, I almost didn't send in that simple one sheet of paper that only cost me $75 to mail in, that wasn't going to be chosen based on merit. It was going to be chosen based on lottery. And Susan, as honest as the day is long, I, I held it in my hand at my desk, and I almost didn't mail it in for fear of ridicule, embarrassment, and failure. And then the only reason that I sent that in is because I read that sheet over and over again with my hands trembling. I looked down, I saw the bottom line, and it said, you can get a refund if you're chosen. <laughs> and, you, and you decide you don't want to, you can't make it. And that's why I put it in the Federal Express envelope. Because I almost planned on withdrawing. And so, you know, wonder of wonders, opportunity lined up. I got chosen out of the hat. So I got an opportunity to go to, and I didn't chicken out. I, you know, I bucked up my courage. I was mighty. And I showed up to San Francisco, and I performed poorly the first day, poorly the second day. But over the next four shows, I worked it out. And here's what I, this is my happiness moment. Even when I performed poorly, I was so happy walking through the streets of San Francisco because I, was, I had conquered my own fears. And I was living my dream. I just wasn't good at it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and of course, my dream, of course my dream was to be great at it, but it was enough to be living it, even though I wasn't good at it. It was enough to be in a theater, to see people buying tickets, to see myself showing up for my dream. That is deeply, wildly fulfilling that you have showed up to your dream. But when you show up to your dream, the universe has a layer of magic in store for you. One is you're going to find out the only reason it was a dream in your heart is because you were born to do it, and, you're, and you're, the tools inside for your capability are latent, waiting to be triggered. By the third show, I was tearing it up and selling it out. 
small theater. I mean, let's be realistic. I was selling out a 40-person, 50-person theater. Nonetheless, did I care an ounce? Not an ounce. Lisa, I remember, literally, as I was walking home from the theater after my first sellout, thinking, like, am I walking or am I gliding? <laughs> I felt so fulfilled and joyful, you know, and authentically happy. But in, in the kicker, and it didn't have to happen because I, I could have died happy. I could have died happy on, on the third or fourth or fifth show. Uh, the two things I remember the most, besides the gliding feeling, was that, number one, when you're authentically happy, you're, the deepest experience is joy and love for other individuals. That that's entirely where my focus went. When yes. I was at my most blissful, was I just was looking human being to human being to human being, thinking, I'm just so happy for you. you your, your eyes look for reasons to love other people. That's the greatest gift of authentic happiness and, and showing up to your mighty endeavor. And then the last thing I remember is on the sixth and final show, I was discovered by an HBO talent show and sent off packing to the number one comedy festival in the world. My point being, like Susan Boyle, I almost didn't go. How many, th how many places where our authentic happiness is waiting for us to show up? Do we almost not go because we don't have the right systems and tools and support in place to buck us up on the day we feel insecure or we are resistant to our own dreams? Wow, you've just said a mouthful there. I mean, the, the, there, there are several things come to mind. And the first thing that I want to touch upon is the fear. Because I, I, I'm writing a lot now. I'm, I'm finishing up a book. And, I, and I'm going through <clears throat> excuse me, some personal challenges within my life that are fearful. And I am, you know, I am not fearful of talking about this fear. Because I'm calling it the jet fuel. And I'm, nice. I'm taking this fear and I'm reframing it and I'm saying that fear, that uncertainty, that unknown, that anxiety, I am working that puppy dog and making it the jet fuel that's going to set me where I, where I want to go and where I need to be. And I don't, even, I don't even know fully where I need to be. And it doesn't really matter because it's that journey. It's that journey you're talking about, about taking risks, about understanding that life is uncertain, in fact. And when we step up to the plate, you know, when we really step up to live for ourselves locally, you know, just for, for us as an individual, how that has a viral effect or a domino, domino effect globally to others. And I think that's what we're talking about in might. That's what we're talking about in passion, purpose, place, and meaning. In my club, we call what you're doing in your life right now being systematically heroic on something every day. Taking at least one action every day that, that, that scares you, but more importantly, it's in the direction of your new next level. One step yes. every day that does take you into the unknown, into the uncertain, and into the unguaranteed, the very places that you're hardwired to resist. Because if it scares you a little, great, just so long as the thought of it coming true is more thrilling. Is the yes. thought of what you're doing coming true and flourishing thrilling? The thought and the actualization of it, because I know when I take that step forward, and I know many of our listeners can relate to this, that it's just the act of, of, of the movement that starts making those things happen and making the dreams come true. We're going to need to go to break, and when we come back, I would love to stay on this topic of, of, of transforming fear in, into power.
We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. It's time to get your boots on. We're the Boot Campaign with hosts Megan Roth and Bailey Gray. Thursdays at noon, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Sponsored by Austin Bank. The whole point of the Boot Campaign is to continue the true grassroots initiative developed by a group of patriotic women known as the Boot Girls. Inspired by the true story of Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, the Boot Girls got started with celebrities but want every American to get your boots on by purchasing a pair of the Give Back Combat Boots. The campaign's motto is simple. When they come back, we give back. For more on the Boot Campaign, go to the website, bootcampaign.com. The Boot Campaign Get Your Boots On Show will feature discussions on current events impacting the lives of active duty and retired military, interviews with our nation's war heroes, medical professionals, and celebrities who have put their boots on. Do your part and join us for the Boot Campaign Get Your Boots On Show with Megan Roth and Baby Gray, Thursdays at noon, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back. I am here with Patrick Coombs of the Might Club, amongst many other things. And before the break, Patrick and I were talking about fear into jet fuel and how we navigate our lives by possibility and not probability and what that means to live mightily. Welcome back, Patrick. You know, I think there's a, there's a paradigm that's collapsing and it's where, and it's, it's the lack of vulnerability and authenticity, you know, by our transformational leaders. You know, I think that prior, prior to recently, transformational leaders had it all together, and that, that's all they displayed. And it was really, I think it really, you know, was a, is a disservice in many regards because it paints a picture that, it, that somehow you arrive at a place where fear is not a problem. And, you know, that's just not reality, that in order to move anything forward, every single human being has, shows up, 
to their workspace and, and in order to do the work that helps the, in order to play bigger. And that's the work. To play bigger. That's the work. Just, if you want to know what to do with your life and you're not, you know, maybe you haven't pinned it down to details, just write two words. Play bigger. And you're asking, what would my life look like if I played bigger? Mm. Whatever answer comes to you is, is the work for you right now. Okay. But, you know, but to, but to presume that it doesn't come with insecurity and it doesn't come with fear and it doesn't come with some anxiety and it doesn't come with this hardwired resistance I'm talking about is to not know the true map of the territory. I'm 20 years into my career. I've got a number of successes under my belt. And when I show up to play bigger, I have to do, I really have to go up against, I have to wrestle, I got to go wall to wall with insecurity, with doubt, with feelings that I'm not good enough, and with fear. Fear. So um, there are, but the thing is, so what I really wanted to be people to understand is if you're feeling that, good, it must mean in some way that you're daring to play bigger, that you're at least thinking to play bigger. Fear is a good thing by that standard. And, and it can be the rocket fuel, Lisa, right, by that standard. Yes, yep. Because yeah. the only way to not be afraid is to play it completely safe. Problem is, you know, problem is fear will come in the back door from that because there's no such thing as playing it safe. Playing it safe is the most dangerous play of all. But well, nonetheless, I, well, the here's how I safe. combat yeah. fear. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Here's how I combat fear. And, and here's, here's another reason why I built Mike Club, to help other people combat fear. The way I learned to do it in my own life and create results is I figured out that I've got to show up to my desk and before I do anything else, I've got to grab a short piece of paper, and I've got to write down three things, three small steps that are playing bigger. Three small steps in the direction of my playing bigger or my next level dream. Okay? So if that's theater, one of those small steps that I would sit down to do first thing in the morning without distraction before anything else might be call a theater, tell them about my show. Okay, that's a little scary to me. That brings up fear of rejection. But nonetheless, I'm going to take it on first thing in the morning during an allocated time before the tyranny of urgency overruns my day. Because research has shown that you're at your best in, your, in the morning and that we must, in, in this day and age, our focus is being bombarded at levels never before imagined for the human species. This is really one of the most one of the topics they're writing about most often in the Harvard Business Review that they're talking about in the halls of Harvard. It's how important focus is becoming now because of the amount of distraction inundating our lives every day. So again, like I found that there's a gold mine in the first hour of your day and it's a way to be fear before you let any urgency or any other people's agendas in, before you default to any time fillers before you feel any overwhelm, you give yourself the gift of one hour of what we call might time. And during that one hour, your job is to play big for one hour. Philip Rivers, the quarterback of the San Diego Chargers, or any, any professional athlete you look up to, does not play big every single hour of the week. They play big during game time. Well, same thing. Try this in your workday. Play big the first hour of your morning. And then the rest of the hour, be human. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the rest of the day, be human, you know, because we are.
But in that first hour, give yourself the gift of three small, mighty actions that, that, are, that do make you a little afraid, that do, yet you are a little resistant to doing, because you can do it for one hour. That's how I'd be fear. Now, there are so many things we built into that, like accountability and support. But those three daring actions, very important to beating fear. Oh, I hear you. I hear yep. you. And, 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 and the leap, too. You know, part of be, uh, beating fear is having trust, and it's building trust in yourself and trust in the universe. And I don't mean a universe in an airy-fairy way. I mean saying, you know what? If I'm doing good actions and I'm doing good work and I'm going out there and I am, you know, putting myself out there in the world, I'm going to be supported. I'm going to just trust that what what I am doing, what I am um, inspired by and inspired to live up to are good. And therefore, it's going to come to fruition in some way. Yes. Yes, because fear is not a warning of impending pain. It's a signal of opportunity to grow. Yes. So as you dive into that book that you tell us about, fear of the blank page is a big one. But it's but it's not fear of it's not fear of bad things that are going to happen to you. That's how your brain tends to interpret it because of our evolutionary history. But it's a signal that you're growing. It's a signal that you're taking on and moving to your next level. So accept the challenge. And we all, we all have these challenges, and um, many of our listeners are also from the military community, and we have the great fortune here of addressing some of their post-deployment issues. You know, we have young men and women who have served our country, and regardless of our uh, political beliefs, they're coming home and they're needing help in establishing or reestablishing goals and intentions for life moving forward, and sometimes that's difficult. And there's a tremendous opportunity in this work with that you're doing and Harvesting Happiness and so many other people are doing uh, right now to help these men and women set goals and, and go out there and make their lives happen, to continue to live mightily because they have great might with what they were doing when they were serving and they come home and, and, and how do they reorient and redirect their lives uh, to, to get to their happy place, whatever that looks like. Well, you know, for me, rule number one, and it's for you, it's rule number one, too, I believe from exactly what you've told me on this call, that the target you're aiming for, in addition to playing bigger, right, the target you're aiming for that I have you write down right now if you're one of those listeners, is that you want to spend as much time as you can at the intersection of three games in life, what you're passionate about, what for you feels purposeful, and purposeful really just means you feel it adds value to the world and what is profitable, passionate, purposeful, and profitable. We have to know what the bullseye is. We have to know what we're throwing at. Now, it doesn't mean that you know what you're passionate about yet. It doesn't mean you know what you're, what's purposeful yet. It doesn't mean you know how to get to those profits. But if, if you have the target, your mind will solve the problem. It's at this intersection of those three games that is the land that Lisa talks about, of joy and productivity that can compete dominate and defeat every single time resistance insecurity and the other dream killers so you're aiming to infuse your life with passion purpose and profitability because then you will show up even though uh at times it's difficult to okay this is the core of might and might club lisa number two that i would say to those military to you know to the military people uh, and 
all our listeners, is consciously start choosing a new set of risks. Trade up from risks that you would take to avoid a loss to risks that you would take to bring yourself a great gain, which means we must, all of us must switch our awareness from what we have to lose. And isn't that easy to do? Like, oh, but I've got a little savings. I wouldn't want to lose it. Rather than perhaps take some of that savings and invest it in something that will bring you an enormous return. But see, our minds are very hardwired to not want to lose the savings, right? As opposed to make the gain. That's what I'm talking about here. So trade up from risks that you would take to avoid losses to risks that you would take to bring great gains. I've always been very clear that if I walked into a room of 100 people and I needed to bet to place $100,000 on who would go the furthest in that room, I would not be looking for IQ. I would not be looking for talent. I would not be looking for opportunity. I would not be looking for rich parents. I would place my $100,000 on the person in the room that I knew was going to take the most risks in the direction of their dream over the next couple years because to the risk takers go the greatest rewards. Mm. Now, in order to accomplish this new set of risks that I'm talking about, research suggests that you must make a list that is at least five times as long a risk of the things you you could gain from going for it. And that list must be at least five times as long as the things you worry you could lose from going for it. And I have to really slow down on the word worry because worry is false. Okay. It is. Worry is an it is an illusion. It's it's what we we fill our minds with that stops us, that keeps us stuck, isn't it? It's thinking about something that's never happened and likely never will. Yeah. So the list, Lisa, is the second thing I would recommend someone to do. And another way to put the list because when you, you know, to think about the list is, is ask yourself, are you hammering a nail or are you building a house? You know, the, the list of the new things that you would go for gains, these are, the, these are the drawings and the blueprints you've done of your house so that when you're showing up and you're doing those three things a day that I talked about, you're not, you're not just hammering nails, you're building a house. Are you making calls or building an empire? Are you laying bricks or are you building a cathedral? to take actions for gains on a bigger picture. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we are going to continue on the building of our lives with Patrick Coombs and Mike Club, and this is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Where is my heart? Where is my heart? We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypher's Cayman on Toginet.com. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown. 
part of the grateful good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. This is Lisa Cypress Cayman welcoming you back and Patrick Combs, my guest today. And we are talking about living mighty. And I have Patrick here and we are going to open up the questions for live questions on the radio show. And if we have callers who are interested in talking with Patrick and getting more information about Mike Club or sharing stories that, that uh, fit in with our theme today, please call us at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. And Patrick has made me aware of modern technology, so I'm going to give him a, a, a cyber hug for this. But you can also post on either Harvesting Happiness Facebook page or Patrick Combs' Facebook page any questions that you might have, and we'll, we'll roll it into the show. So, we're here, we're talking about living our dreams, we're here about living with intention, and I'm going to just give it back to you, Patrick, because you are on fire today. Well, you know, I have, a, I, have, I have a list of ten things that I would go over given more time, and I don't, but I am giving you, I am, you know, I've been offering up the suggestions in the order of priority. So I will move to one more, and that is, you know, I was at a conference, Lisa, and uh, two, three weeks ago, and there were two mega millionaires, self-made mega millionaires, who were presenting to us. And you know, I, I say that—I don't say that with reverence for the mega millions, okay? But I say it to emphasize that two people that truly knew success and profitability on accomplishing their dreams, okay? And and, and just as a side note, two really damn fine human beings. Okay. But what was really interesting to me as a guy that started my club in order to help people be accountable was that both of these people, individually unprompted, took time to say, get accountability. They were talking about, you know, get, get lining up with a partner, making sure that somebody else is looking in on what you're doing because it's just too easy to pay attention to the safer, mediocre, wrong things because you're hardwired to. So, Make sure, so my, my, my fourth major point is make sure you've got someone paying attention to your choices and daily actions who cares about you. 
um, it is a difference maker, an absolute difference maker. People often avoid pain. Human beings have mixed feelings about expending energy, even if we know it will bring us pleasure. For example, in a Harvard study, the second rated activity in terms of happiness was physical exercise. But how many of us avoid that? Even though it's second rated because people said, oh, exercise makes me happy, how many of us avoid that? So let's agree to stop working on our dreams without support, accountability, and partnership. If you're just out of the military or if you're just at the start of a new dream, do yourself a favor. You know, show up to that intersection of those three things with accountability and support and partnership. You will make twice as much money. If I were to just bottom line on the money side, you will have twice as much bliss and you will have twice as much business at least. Well, you know, I'm going to say an, a big amen to that because one of the things that often um, is taboo in this happiness world or the uh, positive living world is the concept that money is shameful and that money does not buy happiness. And studies have shown time and time again that in truth, once we have our basic needs met, once you know we uh, achieve a, a basic level of monetary comfort, our levels of happiness don't change that much. However... There is nothing wrong with money, that money makes the ride more comfortable. That is the caveat, but it does not buy authentic, sustainable happiness. So I'm wondering if you could talk about that because you're blending it so beautifully into our conversation. I could spend two hours on that conversation. You know, I, I, I developed a particular fascination in 1995 with money because I had this, because I had... Uh, it's actually my brand new book, my brand new book. It's funny that rolled into this because I can be like, oh, I won't mention my book because how oh, in the world would it plug, relate? Plug okay, the book. so Lisa, in 1995, I got this junk mail check in the mail like we all do. It was from like Ed McMahon. It was completely fake and phony, and I knew it was. But I was just young, dumb, and naive enough to think this will be so funny if I deposit in my ATM machine. <laughs> what a kick that will be to the bank. I thought it would literally make my bankers laugh. A ridiculous amount of money from me, a guy that had no money in his bank account at the time. So I, I, I put it in. I forgot about it. I showed up my ATM machine a little while later, and suddenly my account had jumped from $5,000 to $100,000 because it was a $95,000 fake check, and the bank had cashed it. So that is the basis of my, of my new book, which has been read by millions when it was on the Internet in draft form. And it's called Man One Bank Zero. I, if you're interested in that book, hey, I completely invite you to be one of the first people in the world to own it. I'm so thrilled about it. It's being made into a movie, et cetera, et cetera. It's a real gas. It, it will be one of the most unbelievable, shocking, ridiculous stories, outrageous, true story you've ever read in your life. But I brought it up because it started with me a fascination for money because when I had $95,000 sitting in my account for the first time ever, I had explosive wealth, right, to have gone from $5,000 and $45,000 credit card debt to hundred grand in the bank. I became completely fascinated with how can money make me feel like this? And so for the next uh, 10 years, I began gathering quotes about money and happiness. And I'll put it out as a book someday. But I learned so much, and you're exactly right, kudos. Beyond the level of subsistence, money in general does not make 
it does not in any way guarantee happiness. There are ways that I, if I give you surprise money, I, if I give you a windfall amount of money, it will elevate your happiness absolutely, but for a limited time, then your happiness will return to the more reliable things like dancing and exercise and friendship and passion. Uh, so I, honestly, though, I find it such a fascinating topic, but my bottom line is that Money is a beautiful tool for growing amazing things. I think, I think what we'd really want to communicate is that money for yourself, you know, once you have, the, once you're rich, once you're rich, I don't know what else you'd need money for. And the, de- the best definition I've seen of rich ever in 10 years of looking at this topic is you have enough money plus a little more. Mm-hmm. So right now in my life, I do have enough money for my lifestyle of my family and my kids and, you know, and doing the things that I enjoy in life, and I have a little more. So I'm totally rich. And then with the extra incoming money, I get, my, I get to soar my levels of satisfaction and deep, true fulfillment by gifting money, by giving money. I have, I'm looking at five children that hang on my wall right now. I've had the joyful opportunity to send money to every single month for years and watch them grow and know that their life is a little bit better because I make good money. So money spreading around, you know, or another way of saying it is if you pile money up in one place and just leave it there, it's a lot like manure. It stinks like S-H-I-T. <laughs> but if you spread money around... It's a lot like manure. It can grow beautiful things. I'm a big fan of money. Oh, this is so beautifully put, and I think really helpful to so many people, both your concept and your actions. And um, I wanted to also um, just give a little plug to the Man One Bank Zero that you can find out more about Patrick's book at www.man1, the number one, bank zero, the number zero, dot com. That's www.man1bankzero.com. I think that, that that's a fantastic project. I know I was unaware of, of, of this part of your life, and uh, that says a lot about who you are. You're, you're chutzpah. You know, you've got fabulous chutzpah. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, Jay, uh, that'll tell you about the live show that's been touring and that went to Off-Broadway and was discovered by HBO and stuff. To get the book, go to patrickcombs.com. Just like combing your hair with an S on the end, Patrick Combs, C-O-M-B-S.com. And patrickcombs.com will connect you to my Facebook page. Please, you know, if you want to be friends on Facebook, please join me on Facebook uh, uh, and 4,000. 500 other really passionate, cool people that are participating with me there. We're really a community at my Facebook page. And um, PatrickHolmes.com will take you to, um, if you click around on PatrickHolmes.com, it will also take you to MightClub.org. And you've heard me talk a lot about MightClub.org, and I speak unabashedly about it because it is the most helpful thing. It is my life's work. Um, it is the the lowest cost, highest value, most effective thing I've ever been able to put together. I'm so proud of what we're doing and the results people are getting in their life through Might Club. There are two ways to participate. One is just soak up all the inspiration and the might that we share through mightclub.org for free. And two, click on, you know, if you want to go further and you want to actually be in our system, supported by us in the in the most revolutionary way on planet Earth yet, 
and honestly, in a, in a patented trademark style, high-tech, high-touch, then click on the invitation. And the last thing I would say is if you really want to learn what we're doing in Mike Club 2, if you're not sure that it's for you after the invitation, I'm going to be doing a webinar on Thursday. And you're welcome to join me for the webinar on Thursday. You can enroll. The only place to enroll in that right now is at my Facebook page. And spell your name again, Patrick, so they can get to you on Facebook if they don't go through you know, the website? Yeah, if they don't go through the website, they'd go facebook.com slash Patrick live. We were just live on the phone together. Facebook.com slash Patrick live will take you to my page. Click like there. It'll give you access to everything for free. Wow, this has been, this hour has flown by. You know, do you realize we've been talking for an hour? Feels like <laughs> it just a few. feels like five minutes and I'm, I'm, we're just warming up, aren't we? I, I know. love talking to you, Lisa. You are so on fire. Oh, well, you know what? I, that, that, that's how I want to show up for life, you know, and that's what it's all about is, you know, how we choose to show up for living. And I often say that to people that I work with. And um, I would love to have you back on the show in the new year. Maybe we could talk about, about intentions and New Year's resolutions New Year. and keeping that fire alive in our bellies. And, and your listeners should know that when we first met, because I was interviewing you for your passion and expertise. That's right. We said we were going to talk about that. And Patrick and I came to know one another through a mutual friend, Michael Chase, of the Kindness Center in Maine. And he will be our guest next week. And I have a couple of parting thoughts for you. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Happiness is an inside job. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder actions, or actually kind thoughts, kind words, and kindest actions. Take care. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kanan. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togedax.